This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to Rams Talk episode 34. We've got a full house today for the first time, so the uh, the screen's looking very, very cramped. Uh, we've got, yeah, as I said, everybody here today. We're having to record at a bit of an awkward time because of the World Cup. So England yesterday, we're, we're a day late. I'm very sorry about that. And Brazil are about to kick off in about eight minutes, so we won't waffle on for too long if you're watching live. Uh, I'm joined today by uh, Chris Matthews Redwood. How are you, Chris? Hello, mate. All good, thanks. Happy Monday. <laughs> good stuff. Uh, Jamie Page. Yeah, good, mate. Second tonight, thank you. <laughs> no, I know, I that on purpose then. Uh, Vic Singh. How are you doing? You OK? <laughs> I'm good, thank you, mate. I'm good, thank you, mate. And uh, Callum Bucock, you're last today. I know, I've been relegated to fifth. Like, what's this about? <laughs> good stuff, good stuff. So, I mean, we're here following... Uh, I wouldn't say it was a bore draw with Chef Wednesday, but it certainly wasn't an exciting one. Uh, we don't have a massive talking points to, to really go through because really not that much happened. But there was one talking point that before recording stood out to every single one of us. And uh, Chris, Craig Forsyth, he was fantastic, wasn't he? Yeah, he's been... He's been a, an absolute rock rock at the back recent weeks. Um, he's now, I'd say, first first pick centre-back, which um, I didn't think I'd be saying a, f- a few months ago. Um, but yeah, he's been, out, been outstanding and long may it continue. Yeah, I mean, as you said there, I didn't expect him to be a centre-half. I, you know, we saw him at centre-half on the Koku, didn't we? And he, uh, he he had that great first game and then didn't really pull up any trees after that. And he, he actually struggled a little bit towards the end of that season. Jamie, how important is it in your eyes that we've got players that can play like that in multiple positions? Yeah, really important. And I think that's the good thing about Forsyth. We've also got Hayden Roberts that, that can play there as well. Um, I'm sure we'll get on to the debate of actually what what you know, what four, what five start back there. But it's good to have players playing well. And, you know, we spoke off air about, um, you know, not losing in nine or 10 or whatever it is. And and we've navigated through a really tricky time and and been able to come out with it, you know, glowing realistically. So, yeah, Craig Forsyth's been amazing. Uh, Has he always been a centre-back? Has he always been a League One player? I I don't know. (laughs) But, um, yeah. It's going to be a headache for Paul Warren, and I think he's got a decision to make over the coming weeks. 
Yeah, I think there's a, a few fans that might think that Forsyth's been a League One player for, for maybe longer than this season, <laughs> which uh, I'd say is a bit harsh, but he's he's certainly uh, put in some good performances. And, and Vic, something that we'll get onto later on is obviously Curtis Davis coming back in. Um, you know, one of the criticisms of Davis has always been his passing. Do you think that it's made a huge difference having a centre-back that can pass the ball? Massive difference because we know Cashin can do it as well. So it helps having both our centre-backs being able to play out from the back, which is probably why Liam and Cocker and all that failed previous. Um, but yeah, no, Forsyth's like the Scottish Beckenbauer, and he? so he's uh, he's really solidified that back, back three, four, whichever one we're playing at the minute. Um been a breath of fresh air to see him. He's Mr. Reliable, and he's always been there, and he's always put in a solid six, seven out of ten, no matter how many games he's played. So, yeah, he's reliable. We've really seen him shine under one. Yeah, yeah. Let's hope we keep seeing him shine. Uh, and Callum, I mean, I was just looking at the stats there uh, since uh, Davis's injury. I know we're going to get onto him, but I can't stop talking about him now. For sides played every single game at centre back. And we've not lost. We're unbeaten in those 10 games. And we've also kept 10 clean sheets. I mean, what does that say about a player that's never really played in this position before? Shows his versatile. Uh, shows that he can, um, I mean, at his age, adapt, um, which you don't normally see at like that sort of age, um, at his peak of his career, like, whether people say he's past the peak of his career or anything. Yeah. It shows that, um, like I said, he... I don't know if he actually did play centre back like throughout his like youth or at all. If he's always he's been a winger, back. yeah, win, a winger, full, yeah, exactly. So like, if he's played there at like six aside or something like, because he knows what he's doing at the back. Um, <laughs> for me, he, he knows positionally what to do, um, and it, like I said, it's, it's just his reading of the game that I've really enjoyed watching him. He's he knows exactly when he needs to be. He's intercepting balls. Um, and intercepts and passes uh, into strikers and stuff. Um, and he's really created a partnership with Cashin that um, has really, I think, actually brought out the best of Cashin in some games as well. So, yeah, yeah, I, th- I think that's that's a really good point as well. And you know, for young players having an experienced head around you, that's not just helping you along the way, but is actually at the same time pushing you and and showing you how it's done is is always a good thing. And I've talked about it enough now, so we might as well talk about it. Um, Chris, I don't know what Chris is doing at this moment in time. Sorry, <laughs> little ones just, just, just walked in. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, to uh, audio listeners, Chris has blown a, a, a lovely kiss to uh, yeah, his little one there. Um, Curtis it definitely Davis. wasn't with you, Jake. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm devastated. Devastated. Um, so, Chris, I mean, Curtis Davis, we've said he's... You know, he's our captain, but with the way for sides playing, he surely can't come back in, can he? No, and what what and what position to be in that, you know, our captain and player of the season last few years and would be I think most people's up until a month ago, first name on the on the team sheet and he can't and he can't get in. Um, I think that will put pressure on for because he'll be thinking back of his head is if he does make a mistake He's out again, um, but that can only be good for us. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Davis, for me, he should be in the starting lineup. But if we're only playing two at the back, um, two, at, sorry, two at, cent- two at centre-half, I think Cashin and Forsyth at the moment, you're not going to get past them. 
So um, he's just going to have to be patient, I think. Yeah, I mean, Jamie, uh, Chris has made a really good point there. At centre-back, we've got quite a few options now. Obviously, for sides one, Erin Cashin's another one. Hayden Roberts, when we've played a back three, has shown that he can competently play in that position as well. Uh, if we are, let's say, playing the back three that Warren seems to favour, what would be your back three of choice? I think I'd go for Cashin, uh, Curtis and Fozzie. I don't agree with you two. I think Curtis comes back in. I think he's your club captain. I think we've got another year of him. Well, another season of him and then that's it. I think Forsyth is a left back, you know, and he can play out there. I think he should be playing out there. I think if, if it was a situation where we'd stop, we were stopping the development of a younger player, I'd say, yeah, I don't think you can put him back in. But this guy, he lives, he breathes Derby County. He's stuck by us. He does. He should not be warming the bench. He should be on the pitch with his captain's well, armband on. And <laughs> Jamie, yeah, I can't see. I can't see him on the bench. It's going to tell us how much. you really feel, mate. Tell yeah. Us how you really feel. What What I like to say, Jamie, is I live and breathe Derby County. I'd give everything for the team, and I'm starting to stand. I should not be on that pitch. What has Davis done this season to prove that he deserves to be on that pitch over the likes of Hayden Roberts? It's it's difficult because yeah, I am thinking it. I'm thinking about it with you know my heart, not my head. But <laughs> you, might, it, you know, yeah, I am. I am. I am. I'm sitting here right now, and we get close to the mic, so it sounds like I'm shouting. Um, no, I can see where you're coming from. I'm not going to say you're you're wrong. I'm right, um, and and I get that everyone's going to have their own opinion on it. But for me, just the the guy that he's been for for our club, and the fact that he is a leader. We're not looking at someone who is going to drop a clanger. And if he does, then you go, right, OK, you have to change it. Um, and I know we'll talk about the Ipswich game and say that. that was I was just about to say, that was the last game we yeah. lost. <laughs> I, I, I saw it in your eyes, Jake. I saw you were about to say it, so I had to get it out there. But yeah, for me, for me, he has to come back in. I don't want to see us play a three. I don't want to see Paul Warren, Gareth Southgate, any other team that I care remotely about play a three at the back. Just don't enjoy it. So... Yeah, sorry for being controversial, but I'll sh- I'll shut up now if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. It's good to have different views because in in my head, it's nailed on that he shouldn't come back into the team because he hasn't done anything this season to deserve it. But again, in your head, you know that leadership you can't discount it. You know, it's it's a massive thing and. I think a lot of the time in football, and especially, I'm, I'm, I sound really stupid here talking about like the FIFA generation inverted commas because I am part of the FIFA generation. Um, growing up, looking at players, and you want to always play your best players every single game. But sometimes it's not about that. Sometimes it's about what actually goes on in your head, not just with the ball at your feet. So, yeah, we we know Curtis makes a huge impact. We saw what he did last season. You know, almost kept us up. So, yeah. I can't argue either way. As much as I think, I I think that Forsyth should probably stay in that position. I can't see a hundred percent why Davis shouldn't come back into the team. So yeah, it's it's one of those, isn't it? It's uh, it's a difficult one. Um, but what Jamie mentioned there about formations, uh, Vic. I mean, I am an avid hater of three at the back. Jamie is also clearly an avid hater of three at the back. I mean, we've played quite a few formations in the past ten games, not lost any of them. 
but there's some games where we've played certain ways where we've certainly looked better, haven't we? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not a fan of being either. I'm pretty old school. I like my back four. So, um, like I say, if, at the minute we haven't lost in ten. So if it isn't broke, don't don't try and fix it. And I think we've been doing that with the back four, albeit a makeshift back four with certain players not playing in the right positions, but it seems to work. Um, I think the three at the back. I think it like it like it takes away a bit of attacking intent from us because our wing backs the minute of Barkhouse and Mendes Lang, for example, are having to defend and not really being allowed to sort of play their natural game. So four at the back I think is better for us. Um I won't be surprised if come January he does recruit a couple of wing backs and we do go revert back to three at the back. But like I said, if it isn't broke, don't fix it. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, just got to hope and pray and cross our fingers that not one wing back is available on a free transfer and uh, we can keep playing a back four for the for the foreseeable. But Vic mentioned there, Callum, about, you know, we've played a back four, which has not necessarily been the, the most conventional, let's say, with Louis Sibley on one side and uh, Corey Smith on the other. Um, when you look at those two players, two players that played out of position, we've spoken about them on, on the podcast before, what have you made of them and, and how do you think they played against Chef Wednesday? I think they held their own. Um, I think it's um, we, th there are, when we go up against those sort of teams that are up there uh, or the so-called big, big uh, clubs within this league, um, they have moments where, for me, that it kind of, I'm on edge a little bit um, where they'll have a, a winger who's playing really, really well um, currently uh, as Chef Wednesday did and they'll just knock it past Sibley quite happily. Um, but then when you look at like other um, fullbacks within the league um, that we've played in the last 10 games where we've kind of really played this makeshift four at the back, um, I feel that they've held their own really, really, really well. Um, Sibley, for me, never knew he was a left-back in my life, and I wouldn't have ever put him in there when he's... I don't think he we... did. No, I don't, th <laughs> I don't think any of us, when we saw him in the under-21s on Rams TV, banging in goals at 10, that in three years' time, he'd be playing left-back under Paul Warren. So, um, I mean, I appreciate you guys. Like I said, they're all, you're all um, want the four at the back and stuff, and I'm with you. However, he Paul Warren has made a three at the back work, and he's made it work three years on the bounce and got rather a month three years on the bounce. So, for me, it's I, I will happily go with whatever Paul Warren wants to get us up, whether that's three or four. It's a good point. It's a good point. It's all good points. And I think at the end of the day, no matter what system we play, as long as we're winning games and getting points, I think that's all that matters, isn't it? Um, I think, you know, if, if we're losing, it's very easy to point fingers and, you know, look at it and go, oh, look, uh, we're playing a back three again and we've lost again or we've not scored again. Um, so, yeah, I, I know what you mean. But Something that I noticed is, I know we spoke about it last time, when we seem to play a front two with a back three, we just seem to lose a little bit of that forward impetus. I know in the Accrington game it worked quite well. I think when you play McGoldrick and Collins up there, you've just not got the movement, have you? So, yeah, it's uh, it's certainly a, an interesting talking point. Um, but a, a player that I guess has shown more that he can play in you know, a 4-3-3 than a back three, Chris, is um, Max Bird. Max Bird is, uh, wow, that's a horrendous typo I've made there. I've just noticed <laughs> that. That is, that is shocking. 
for anyone listening, I've, I've made a, I've dropped a clang there. I can't sort of appreciate it apparently. Um, but Chris, whilst I fixed that, um, what have you made of Max Bird, especially when he plays in that midfield three? Um, I think he's had a hit and miss season. Um, I don't think giving him the vice captaincy has done him any favours, um, to be honest. Um, I think there's been the argument all season, and there we don't need Hurahan and Bird. We need one or being one or the other. Um, but I think I think to be fair to him on Saturday, he had he had a good game. But I don't I haven't seen him progress this season um, as much as we much as we would have liked. Um, I think maybe Hurahan coming in has, has dampened him a little dampened him a little bit. Um, yeah, I think he wants to play for the club. And at the moment, I'm still of the mindset, anyone who wants to play for the club, brilliant. But I, th- I think I think he needs to improve. And I think it's not been a good season for him. Um, but See, Chris, you're proving what's written on the screen completely true <laughs> in my eyes. We've got Max Bird quietly underappreciated. It's felt correctly now. Um, written on the screen in front of us. Well uh, spelled, Jamie... I must say. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, Jamie, I mean, good old do you Google. Agree with Chris? <laughs> no, I like this. I've just, yeah, I like this. Um, we don't agree all the time. That's good. So I, I think he's had a really good season. I think you've got to remember he's not going to get that amount of time on the ball that he got in the championship, and he's going to take some time to adjust. I think he has adjust. He has adjusted. The thing I say about Max Bird is he always looks like he's got time on the ball. And I think there's a certain quality about a player. You know, if you look at someone and they've got time on the ball, there's a reason why. Um, I've been really impressed with him since he's had the captaincy. I think it's kicked him on. Um, he's the first name on the team sheet for me in that central position over Hurahan, over Jason Knight. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I've been in, I've been impressed. I get that there will be fans out there that probably think, oh, you know, he doesn't play the forward passes, he doesn't contribute with goals. But as long as we're scoring, as long as we're winning games, um, I'm not too bothered about that. Sorry, Chris. You cannot get a more polar <laughs> opinion than that, can you? Literally. So you need, you're need to se- yeah. You need to separate us. Put me down where, um, put me down there, please. You know, get me away from Chris. And I need to be away from, yeah. I need there to- we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm up top now. <laughs> yeah, we've uh, we've moved people around on the screen now, so <laughs> so Jamie and Chris are as far apart as possible, so we don't have a a scrap live on air. Um, <laughs> I mean, Vic, where do you sit on all this? Uh, obviously, myself and and Jamie are, are part of the the Max Bird Supporters Club. Chris hates him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, where where do you sit, Vic? Neither here or there. I think he's been steady. Um, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say he's impressed much, but then I think a lot of the players from last season, in terms of our youth, have struggled to sort of get their footing in League One this year, especially with all the new players coming in like McGoldrick or Rahan. Maybe the standards have set been set a bit too high in training. Maybe they're struggling to adjust because I think players like him, uh, Bird, Thompson, um, they've struggled to adjust this year. Cashin's the only one that sort of just started writing. Um, for me, Max Bird, I'd just like to see him if he can move a bit more forward, take that shot on early. We know he can ping it from 25 yards. If he could do that a bit more, I think maybe then people will appreciate him. But yeah, like I said, he's a steady Eddie for me. He's neither here or there. 
Mm. I, I do think that if you took Max Bird out of this Derby team, you'd really notice. Because I don't think we've got anyone else that can pick the ball up. I know you say there, Vic, he, he could probably do with contributing a little bit more further forward. But I don't think anyone else really picks the ball up the way he does. He picks them up in little spaces. And as Jamie says, he makes time when there isn't time. And you never think when he picks up the ball, oh, he's going to lose it. You know, there's a few players where they they get the balls coming towards them. And you think, oh God, please take a good touch, because otherwise they're going to lose the ball and we're going to get hit on the break. But and I never feel like that with Bird, so I think that's a certain quality, um, which also sends the deciding vote to Callum. Uh, Callum, Go on, Mac, Mac, Max Bird, are you are you team Max Bird or are you team? I don't really like Max Bird that much. Uh, I was team Max Bird. Uh, last season, 100%, um, and under Wayne Rooney and stuff. This season, I am actually with Chris. I think he's had some shaky games. Um, however, he, over the last two or three, he has impressed me a little bit. So I am slowly drifting towards you guys. So you can keep me over this side with Chris, and then uh, maybe in two or three games' time, I'll come over with you guys. <laughs> can I just say, for absolute clarity... I like Max Bird. I just don't think he's been very good this season. Before there's some sort of Twitter vote off. <laughs> Poor Max is going to cry himself to sleep tonight. I was going to say, that. yeah. I don't think you'd be invited to his birthday party, mate. No. No, that's fair, that's fair enough. <laughs> and just to stick with you, Callum, uh, yes. a player that was mentioned before we started recording again was Tom Barkhazen. Um He's made a bit of an impact, hasn't he, since he's come back in? I know he's obviously we've I don't, I don't know if we've scored since he's come back in, but he's he's definitely making impact and creating chances, isn't he? Yeah, uh, he's one of them uh, wingers that out the I'd say the main three that we've got: Mendes, Lang, Dobbin, and him. That uh, he's Paul Warren's winger, truly. Like he is such a workhorse and goes back and forward. Um, his end products are getting better. Um, he had moments on Saturday where he put really, really good balls in. Um, and and I think that over the last three or four games since he's come back from his injury, he's really, really kicked on. Um, there's There's been parts of his uh, game where you just want him to have that same burst of pace or same um, real attacking threat with his dribbling and stuff like Commenders Lang does and Dobbin does sometimes. Um, but we don't need all the... I think out the three wingers, we don't need... All three of them to do the same thing. Um, I, I like, I love his um, work rate at going backwards um, to help out um, the two fullbacks that at the moment aren't true fullbacks. Um, whereas Mendes Lang and Dobbin do struggle in that sense. So, so I do uh, have a soft spot for him at the moment. Yeah, I was going to say, and, and Jamie, I mean, your money looks like it's uh, completely evaporated from your bet that Barkay is going to be the top scorer in the league. Um, I mean, you know, watching him, even though he's not scored 50 goals this season, he still looks a threat, doesn't he? Yeah, I agree with, um, you know, what's just been said. I mean, he he looks like he's come back and he looks like he's been out and, and thought, right, if I'm going to get back into Paul Warren's plans, I need to, I need to, you know, put in some performances. So I've been impressed with him. But it's a similar situation to what we've seen with Derby County wingers throughout the years. You, you want to see more end products. You want to see more assists. You want to see more goals. I do think he's a confidence player. I do think once he scores, you know, one and maybe over the course of the next, 
you know, four or five that look pretty favourable, maybe he'll go on a little run and, and uh, maybe my bet will be back on. You never know. Never say never. Um, but yeah, that's what you want. You want players coming back and, and making an impact, making Paul Warren's dis- you know, decisions on a match day harder. And, you know, games are thick and fast. So we're going to need everyone in this squad to, to kind of pitch in. So, yeah, hopefully we see a, a goal um, from him soon. Um and we can we can continue being on that hype train. Um, I'll, I'll start the bark the Barkusen hype train. I know that Vic's on the James Collins one, so uh, yeah. <laughs> if anyone wants to join, we're, we're, we're leaving the station on Saturday. Burton Albion. It's been brought forward an hour. Um, everyone's welcome. <laughs> on on to Burton Albion. That was a brilliant transition, Jamie. Thank you very much. Burton Albion. Um, I mean, it's everyone's favourite little brother, isn't it? Um, I remember a lot of my fondest memories from when I was younger was was going to watch Derby v Burton down at the Pirelli. It's only a five, ten minute walk from my house. And uh, yeah, going and watching Derby pulverise some poor National League or League Two side about 8 nil. Things have changed. Uh, you know, we're, we were in the same division as Burton before when they went up to the Championship. And now we're back in the same division again. I've just been looking at their form. Um, and on paper, they're actually six unbeaten with two wins. However, the two wins were in the FA Cup against Needham Market and Chippenham Town. And one of those draws was in the EFL Trophy against Tranmere. So in reality in the league, they're three unbeaten. Yeah, they're three unbeaten, although they've had two draws. Again, one of which was against Plymouth uh, and the other one was away at MK Dons. So, I guess, Vic, you know, they're struggling down at the bottom. They don't look brilliant, but I was there the last time they uh, they beat us at the Pirelli. What's going to happen? Hopefully not the same again. Because <laughs> <we've, laughs> I think we've got, got a bad record there. We know that we've beat them since they become our league counterparts. Um, so, it's, it's a tough place to go to, I think. Because the ground's small, the pitch is quite narrow. They always seem to be up for it as well. Like it might yeah. not be our, our, our local derby, but it is for them. Um, their fans will get behind them. The players seem to give that extra ten percent. Um, I'd, I'd like to think we'd take three points, but I wouldn't be surprised if we just struggle the entire ninety minutes. Um, yeah, Burton's that little brother that just you know it's an it's an annoying little brother at the minute. <laughs> I'm gonna say. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, um, I know there's a, a couple of Burton fans that listen to the podcast that I'm friends with. So uh, I'm sure it'll really annoy them when I say we're like Liverpool and they're like Tranmere. So it's <laughs> it's that sort of relationship where, you know, they mean nothing to us. I like singing We've Got No Songs For You. I think that's uh, very relevant when all of their songs are about us. Um, but Chris, you know, Vic mentioned there, they have a very, very small pitch. Um, it, you know, it, it's... Well, it's it's tough to play proper football on. Um, will that affect us? Well, it certainly has earlier on this season on small on 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 small pitches. But other times, you know, site Accrington as an example, we've got the job done. Um, we've dampened the atmosphere very very quickly. Um, and I said, get that. I think I think the the key on Saturday is getting that first that first goal. Um, if we can get the crowd quietened down play our football, um, then I think, we, you know, we should be winning on paper anyway. But if they get the first goal, the atmosphere is up. Um, 
the Sayers Vic said we've not beaten them since they've been a league side um, away from home. So it's not going to be an easy one. Um, I'm not going to be predicting in a minute three, four, five, five nil. I think you know a one nil win. I'll be I'll be very happy with. But we've got to play our own game. Not let the not let their occasion get the better of us. Um, which I think is a very important thing early on. Um, and yeah, it's going to be a hard, hard fought game, but they're going to be up for it. We need to match that um, in the stands and on the pitch. Well said, well said. And Jamie, I'm just having a look. They haven't actually beaten a team that play league football since mid-October. Um, how important is it that we don't let them get ahead early on? Yeah, it's massive. And I think, you know, the guys have just summed it up really well. It's going to be an occasion for them that is going to be the extra 10%. You know, the fans have probably looked at this and thought, yeah, can't wait for Derby County to come down to the Pirelli. So it's going to be an occasion for them. Um, we need to stay solid. Um, let's see how we line up personnel-wise. I, I don't think he'll change too much. Um, but just to echo what, what Chris said, I think getting an early goal is really important. I think it will settle the nerves. We, we have something to then build from, um, but I can't see it being being easy. But I've looked at these next four, these next five, and I'm thinking if we can win them all, which actually on paper we should be able to do, um, you guys might not agree with me, <laughs> but we should be using this as a bit of a springboard into the new year, into that transfer market, doing what we can do. I, I get the impression Paul warns a bit of a, um, a Harry Redknapp without the, you know, the ginger locks. I think he'll be doing some wheeling and dealing um, and, and, and kind of bringing in some players to make us better. So if we can get, you know, some wins on the road, wins at home over the next three or four, it's going to set us up perfectly for, for the new year, whether that be a, a playoff push, which we, we're in at the moment, or chasing down those top two. Mm. Yeah, will Joe Wildsmith be the uh, the Paddy Kenny of of Paul Warren's <laughs> tenure at Derby? That's the question. Um, but Callum, uh, one final thing, I guess, is you look at Burton's grounds. Uh, we've played at grounds like it already this season. Fans are very, very close to the pitch. The pitch is very small. You know, the the, the fans are on top of you for ninety minutes. How important will Derby's senior players be in this game? Massive. I mean, I know one fan, my brother's going to be uh, up for it. It's a household rivalry derby, this one in ours. Because, <laughs> uh, and uh, they're, they're up for it in terms of uh, they've been marking their calendars and stuff, uh, according to him. So uh, they're, they're, they're well up for this one. Um, but uh, uh, no, you're right. It's one of them grounds. I've been there occasionally with him this season when I've not been able to get to a, a derby fixture or whatever. And they are one of those fans that if the team are performing the team get an early goal they are on 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 the players at the end of the day they are right on top of you it's that sort of ground where the keeper will hear every single word behind him um and like you said senior players will hear every single word all the young players will hear every single word so it's key that all our senior players fozzy um, even I'd even include Wildsmith in there, Mendes Lang, uh, whoever does play, um, keep together as a team because uh, this, these are the sort of banana fixtures that could very easily derail a, an unbeaten run that we want to keep going. 
Very good. And uh, for this banana fixture, um, let's have some really real... I can't speak either, Callum. I'm struggling as well, mate. Um, <laughs> let's have a really quick score prediction. Uh, all I want, score, Vixing, what do you reckon? 2-1 Derby. 2-1 Derby, I like it. Chris? I'm going to go 1-0 Derby. 1-0. Jamie? 3-1 Derby, but a late third. Oh, wow. It's very specific. And uh, Callum? 2-0 Derby. 2-0. And I'm going to go with a very hard-fought 2-1. I think a uh, 96th minute Craig beside Scorpion's going to uh, gonna <laughs> win the game. So, yeah, how's that for a bold prediction? But, lads, it, it's been an absolute pleasure. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, if you did enjoy, please do check out other episodes. I know they're really out of date, but I'm sure there's things to, to look back and, and laugh at, especially some of our predictions earlier on in the season. Um, and yeah, if you do want to catch more of our content uh, and clips and, and get involved in the community, check us out at Rams Talk Pod. If you listened on audio, um, check us out on YouTube or on Twitter. Uh, Jamie's pointed. I'm not sure where he's pointed, <laughs> um, but you, you can find us there, Rams Talk Podcast. And yeah, if you're watching and want to have a listen, uh, you can catch us on Spotify as well and Apple Music and anywhere you'd want to listen. So yeah, lads. Um, everyone thank you very much for listening and lads thank you very much for coming on thanks again jake cheers jake see you next week <laughs> this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans <laughs>